Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. The Life and Adventures of Robinson Crusoe by Daniel Defoe Chapter 5 Builds a House The Journal Part 1 September 30th, 1659 I, poor miserable Robinson Crusoe, being shipwrecked during a dreadful storm in the offing, came on shore on this dismal, unfortunate island, which I called the Island of Despair, all the rest of the ship's company being drowned and myself almost dead. All the rest of the day I spent in afflicting myself at the dismal circumstances I was brought to. Namely, I had neither food, house, clothes, weapon, nor place to fly to, and in despair of any relief saw nothing but death before me, either that I should be devoured by wild beasts, murdered by savages, or starved to death for want of food. At the approach of night I slept in a tree for fear of wild creatures but slept soundly, though it rained all night. October 1. In the morning I saw, to my great surprise, the ship had floated with the high tide, and was driven on shore again much nearer the island, which, as it was some comfort on one hand, for seeing her set up right and not broken to pieces, I hoped, if the wind abated, I might get on board, and get some food and necessaries out of her for my relief. So, on the other hand, it renewed my grief at the loss of my comrades, who I imagined, if we had all stayed on board, might have saved the ship, or at least, that they would not have been all drowned as they were, and that, had the men been saved, we might perhaps have built us a boat out of the ruins of the ship, to have carried us to some other part of the world. I spent great part of this day in perplexing myself on these things, but at length, seeing the ship almost dry, I went upon the sand as near as I could, and then swam on board. This day also it continued raining, though with no wind at all, from the 1st of October to the 24th. All these days entirely spent in many several voyages to get all I could out of the ship, which I brought on shore every tide of flood upon rafts. Much rain also in the days, though with some intervals of fair weather. But it seems this was the rainy season. October 20. I overset my raft, and all the goods I had got upon it. But being in shoal water, and the things being chiefly heavy, I recovered many of them when the tide was out. October 25. It rained all night and all day, with some gusts of wind, during which time the ship broke in pieces, the wind blowing a little harder than before, and was no more to be seen, except the wreck of her, and that only at low water. I spent this day in covering and securing the goods which I had saved, that the rain might not spoil them. October 26. I walked about the shore almost all day to find out a place to fix my habitation, greatly concerned to secure myself from any attack in the night, either from wild beasts or men. Towards night, I fixed upon a proper place, under a rock, and marked out a semicircle for my encampment, which I resolved to strengthen with a work, wall, or fortification, made of double piles, lined within with cables, and without with turf. From the 26th to the 30th, I worked very hard in carrying all my goods to my new habitation, though some part of the time it rained exceedingly hard. The 31st, in the morning, 
I went out into the island with my gun to seek for some food and discover the country. When I killed a she-goat and her kid followed me home, which I afterwards killed also because it would not feed. November 1. I set up my tent under a rock and lay there for the first night, making it as large as I could, with stakes driven in to swing my hammock upon. November 2. I set up all my chests and boards and the pieces of timber which made my rafts, and with them formed a fence round me, a little within the place I had marked out for my fortification. November 3. I went out with my gun and killed two fowls like ducks, which were very good food. In the afternoon went to work to make me a table. November 4. This morning I began to order my times of work, of going out with my gun, time of sleep, and time of diversion. Namely, every morning I walked out with my gun for two or three hours, if it did not rain. Then employed myself to work till about eleven o'clock, then eat what I had to live on, and from twelve to two I lay down to sleep, the weather being excessively hot, and then in the evening to work again. The working part of this day and of the next were wholly employed in making my table, for I was yet but a very sorry workman, though time and necessity made me a complete natural mechanic soon after, as I believe they would do anyone else. November 5. This day went abroad with my gun and my dog, and killed a wild cat, her skin pretty soft, but her flesh good for nothing. Every creature that I killed I took of the skins and preserved them. Coming back by the seashore, I saw many sorts of sea fowls, which I did not understand, but was surprised and almost frightened, with two or three seals, which, while I was gazing at, not well knowing what they were, got into the sea and escaped me for that time. November 6. After my morning walk, I went to work with my table again, and finished it, though not to my liking, nor was it long before I learned to mend it. November 7. Now it began to be settled fair weather. The 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, and part of the 12th, for the 11th was Sunday, I took wholly up to make me a chair, and with much ado brought it to a tolerable shape, but never to please me and even in the making I pulled it in pieces several times. Note. I soon neglected my keeping Sundays, for omitting my mark for them on my post I forgot which was which. November 13. This day it rained, which refreshed me exceedingly, and cooled the earth. But it was accompanied with terrible thunder and lightning, which frightened me dreadfully, for fear of my powder. As soon as it was over, I resolved to separate my stock of powder into as many little parcels as possible, that it might not be in danger. November 14, 15, 16. These three days I spent in making little square chests, or boxes, which might hold about a pound, or two pounds at most, of powder. And so, putting the powder in, I stowed it in places as secure and remote from one another as possible. On one of these three days I killed a large bird that was good to eat, but I knew not what to call it. November 17. This day I began to dig behind my tent into the rock, to make room for my further conveniency. Note. Three things I wanted exceedingly for this work, namely a pickaxe, a shovel, and a wheelbarrow or basket. So I desisted from my work and began to consider how to supply that want, and make me some tools. As for the pickaxe, I made use of the iron crows, which were proper enough, though heavy. But the next thing was a shovel or spade, 
This was so absolutely necessary that, indeed, I could do nothing effectually without it. But what kind of one to make I knew not. November 18. The next day, in searching the woods, I found a tree of that wood, or like it, which in the Brazils they call the iron tree, for its exceeding hardness. Of this, with great labor, and almost spoiling my axe, I cut a piece, and brought it home, too, with difficulty enough, for it was exceeding heavy. The excessive hardness of the wood, and my having no other way, made me a long while upon this machine, for I worked it effectually by little and little into the form of a shovel or spade, the handle exactly shaped like ours in England, only that the board part having no iron shod upon it at bottom, it would not last me so long. However, it served well enough for the uses which I had occasion to put it to, but never was a shovel, I believe, made after that fashion, or so long in making. I was still deficient, for I wanted a basket or a wheelbarrow. A basket I could not make by any means, having no such things as twigs that would bend to make wickerware. At least, none yet found out. And as to a wheelbarrow, I fancied I could make all but the wheel, but that I had no notion of. Neither did I know how to go about it. Besides, I had no possible way to make the iron gudgeons for the spindle or axis of the wheel to run in, so I gave it over. And so, for carrying away the earth which I dug out of the cave, I made me a thing like a hod, which the laborers carry mortar in when they serve the bricklayers. This was not so difficult to me as the making the shovel. And yet this and the shovel, and the attempt which I made in vain to make a wheelbarrow, took me up no less than four days. I mean always excepting my morning walk with my gun, which I seldom failed, and very seldom failed also bringing home something fit to eat. November 23. My other work having now stood still, because of my making these tools, when they were finished I went on, and working every day, as my strength and time allowed, I spent eighteen days entirely in widening and deepening my cave, that it might hold my goods commodiously. Note. During all this time I worked to make this room or cave spacious enough to accommodate me as a warehouse or magazine, a kitchen, a dining room, and a cellar. As for my lodging, I kept to the tent. Except that sometimes in the wet season of the year it rained so hard that I could not keep myself dry, which caused me afterwards to cover all my place within my pail with long poles, in the form of rafters, leaning against the rock, and load them with flags and large leaves of trees, like a thatch. December 10. I began now to think my cave or vault finished, when on a sudden, it seems I had made it too large, a great quantity of earth fell down from the top on one side, so much that, in short, it frighted me, and not without reason, too, for if I had been under it, I had never wanted a grave-digger. I had now a great deal of work to do over again, for I had the loose earth to carry out, and, which was of more importance, I had the ceiling to prop up, so that I might be sure no more would come down. December 11. This day I went to work with it accordingly and got two shores or posts pitched upright to the top, with two pieces of boards across over each post. This I finished the next day, and setting more posts up with boards, in about a week I had the roof secured, and the posts, standing in rows, served me for partitions to part off the house. December 17. From this day to the 20th, I placed shelves, and knocked up nails on the posts, to hang everything up that could be hung up and now I began to be in some order within doors. December 20. 
Now I carried everything into the cave, and began to furnish my house, and set up some pieces of boards like a dresser, to order my victuals upon. But boards began to be very scarce with me. Also, I made me another table. December 24. Much rain all night and all day. No stirring out. December 25. Rain all day. December 26. No rain, and the earth much cooler than before, and pleasanter. December 27. Killed a young goat, and lamed another, so that I caught it and led it home in a string. When I had it at home, I bound and splintered up its leg, which was broke. Nota bene. I took such care of it that it lived, and the leg grew well and as strong as ever. But by my nursing it so long, it grew tame, and fed upon the little green at my door, and would not go away. This was the first time that I entertained a thought of breeding up some tame creatures, that I might have food when my powder and shot was all spent. December 28, 29, 30. Great heats and no breeze, so that there was no stirring abroad except in the evening for food. This time I spent in putting all my things in order within doors. January 1. Very hot still, but I went abroad early and late with my gun and lay still in the middle of the day. This evening, going farther into the valleys which lay towards the center of the island, I found there were plenty of goats, though exceedingly shy, and hard to come at. However, I resolved to try if I could not bring my dog to hunt them down. January 2. Accordingly, the next day I went out with my dog, and set him upon the goats. But I was mistaken, for they all faced about upon the dog, and he knew his danger too well, for he would not come near them. January 3. I began my fence, or wall, which, being still jealous of my being attacked by somebody, I resolved to make very thick and strong. Nota bene. This wall being described before, I purposely omit what was said in the journal. It is sufficient to observe that I was no less time than from the 2nd of January to the 14th of April working, finishing, and perfecting this wall, though it was no more than about 24 yards in length being a half-circle from one place in the rock to another place, about eight yards from it, the door of the cave being in the center behind it. All this time I worked very hard, the rains hindering me many days, nay, sometimes weeks together. But I thought I should never be perfectly secure till this wall was finished, and it is scarce credible what inexpressible labor everything was done with, especially the bringing piles out of the woods, and driving them into the ground, for I made them much bigger than I needed to have done. When this wall was finished, and the outside double-fenced, with a turf wall raised up close to it, I perceived myself that if any people were to come on shore there, they would not perceive anything like a habitation, and it was very well I did so, as may be observed hereafter, upon a very remarkable occasion. During this time I made my rounds in the woods for game every day when the rain permitted me and made frequent discoveries in these walks of something or other to my advantage. Particularly, I found a kind of wild pigeons, which build not as wood pigeons in a tree, but rather as house pigeons in the holes of the rocks. And taking some young ones, I endeavored to breed them up tame, and did so. But when they grew older, they flew away, which perhaps was at first for want of feeding them, for I had nothing to give them. However, I frequently found their nests and got their young ones, which were very good meat. Tis the gift to be simple. Tis the gift to be free. 
Tis the gift to come down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>